1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is, as always, sponsored by TickPick, which should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Striking Gold podcast and the Blue Wire Network. My name, of course, is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the B-Dub, and we are coming to you. Uh, fresh off i would say fresh off this is it is monday evening unfortunately i could not get to the pod on sunday evening kind of just the nature of those sunday evening games at least from where i am um we're coming to you semi-fresh leftovers maybe Hey, but if everybody loves leftovers get out of here um Semi-fresh off the 49ers just straight up embarrassing 30 to 18 loss at Levi's Stadium to the Indianapolis Colts that are now 3 and 4 the 49ers are now 2 and 4 and got a lot of stuff to kind of cruise through here. I guess I'll start out by just offering my general thoughts on the game. I'm going to get more specific as we cruise through this episode. Uh, I'm going to try and be a little bit more rapid fire as than I normally am because there's a lot of little things I want to touch on and I don't want to drag it on too long for you guys. Um now the first thing I will say is I'll try to approach this as level-headed as I can. I don't want to be emotional. Don't want to be dramatic. I don't want to be um, anything that I shouldn't be. I guess is a very generic way of saying it. anything that 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 just isn't needed. I guess is a better way of saying it. It's, it, it, it the the dramatic posts you see all the time on Twitter, uh, you know, the just the. It's just not needed, and you can analyze things without just getting hyped up. That being said, I am a football fan. Uh, I got into all this because I was a fan of the 49ers, and that what drove me. that's what drove me into the meter world. So every now and then, it's it's hard to not get a little fired up. Um, and then I also come at everything from a, an angle of coaching. I've been coaching for eight years now. And it, so in that respect, I, I guess if I do get fired up, I, I hope that you guys kind of know that I'm coming at it from maybe a little bit different lens other than just – you know, um, fan slash media, you know, that's just how my lens is for the game. But overall, my thoughts on the game were, were very, very similar to what we've seen from the 49ers over the past few weeks. They've now lost four games in a row. They've now lost four games in a a row. All of them for the most part, at least in large chunks were winnable games but the reason that it felt like they didn't win them was because they were just the team just looks unprepared they looked undisciplined they look lost at times the the 49ers offense was one of 11 on third downs that's abysmal abysmal and i don't give a shit what the weather was like the other team was playing in the exact same weather and probably has less experience in that type of weather than the 49ers. So that was that's no excuse. And I understand that it creates different problems, but I mean, the 49ers made an unbelievable amount of mistakes, unbelievable amount of penalties. They turned the ball over way too much. It was just awful football. There were little tiny glimmers of, oh, hey, that's the 49ers, we know. Uh, But they're just way too few and far between. It was just an incredibly sloppy game, an embarrassing game for the 49ers. And I kind of just came away with Kyle Shanahan has a big fucking problem, and I don't know how he's going to fix it. And one of the bigger problems is there isn't just one thing to pinpoint it on. You can't just pin it all on Jimmy Garoppolo or the the lack of Trey Lance. It it goes well beyond that. And this is the first time where I felt like these losses – have seeped up from within the fabric of the way this this football team has ran. And I've never really felt that way before about this team. Even when they used to lose a lot of games, um, there were always extenuating circumstances. There were always reasons, whether it was a, a missing starting quarterback or just taking over a, a roster that was absolutely horrible. There were always kind of these reasons where everybody kind of understood why they were doing bad, and that's not the case anymore. I don't care if the expectations were too high, you you could even lower them to say the 49ers were expected to be wild card contenders, playoff contenders, um, Super Bowl contenders, wherever your expectations were, the 49ers aren't meeting them. Uh, and all of, I would say all of those are reasonable. I didn't I didn't think it was crazy if anybody thought the 49ers were Super Bowl contenders going to this end of this year with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo coming back healthy, with all of the off-season additions and Players they were able to keep. Uh, I didn't think that was crazy. And obviously what we're seeing is just not the case. So that's kind of like my general thoughts on the game. I'll get more specific into it. Kyle Shanahan did have a press conference today and right off the bat, he went into the quarterback situation. And I guess it would be prudent to let you know that Jimmy Garoppolo had a a horrible game um, against the Colts. Just the basic stat line, which probably doesn't even quite do the performance justice in all the wrong ways is uh Garoppolo finished 16 of 27. That's just under 60% for 181 yards. He threw one touchdown and threw also through two interceptions for a 60.9, almost nice quarterback rating. Uh, he also had one fumble that was very clearly his problem and it was bad. It was bad. I mean, the, the game ended on a, a throw, That where the ball slipped out of his hands, basically falling into like triple quadruple coverage, picked off uh, and essentially ended the game right there. Uh, I believe the 49ers offense came back in one more time just to allow DeForest Buckner, uh, former 49er, obvious 44, former 49er. Great. Just enough time to sack Jimmy Garoppolo to officially end the game, which was a nice little exclamation point on the whole ordeal. So Kyle Shanahan in his press conference today started there, said Jimmy Garoppolo was the starter going into this week's uh, road matchup against the Chicago bears. Um, And that just seemed like a decision based on two things. Kyle Shanahan still considers Jimmy Garoppolo to be the starting quarterback. Uh, Kyle Shanahan had basically admitted that Jimmy Garoppolo had his worst game with the 49ers, but also uh, basically in the same breath said that he was still their starting quarterback. And that had to do with, uh, like I said, Kyle, considering him that and Trey Lance is still recovering from a knee sprain. Uh, Kyle said that they did kind of have an idea that they would get him back on Wednesday, but again, getting your rookie quarterback back on a Wednesday to prepare for an away game that Sunday. uh, it's not really the situation you want to force him into. If Kyle Shanahan actually is planning on making Trey Lance or giving him any consideration as, as the future starter this season, that wouldn't really be the instance in which it would seem like pull the trade trigger. And if y'all have been listening to this podcast uh, over the last few episodes, you know that I'm very in favor of, of making this Trey's team, Trey Lance's team from here on out. But it doesn't necessarily seem like that time is is right now. Jimmy Garoppolo is still relatively healthy coming off of that game. He did mention the fact that his calf, he can feel his calf injury. It's bugging him. And Trey Lance isn't even returned to pra- hasn't even returned to practice yet. So I do think it's a little earlier to to be shocked by Kyle Shanahan not considering Trey for that spot. Uh Kyle Shanahan said, um, he understands and deserves. He kind of said that he reiterated this today and also said it out the game that he understands and feels like he deserves all the criticism. I don't know who asked the question, um, but it was basically worded in a way I want to find it. Okay, here we go. I don't know who asked this question. I wish I did, but it's because uh, I'm looking at the transcript that the uh, the media e- or the uh, 49ers media team emails uh The question was, uh, as you mentioned last night, you're getting criticized. You understand why. And I think when you look at the losing seasons you've had in the past, they've all been extenuating circumstances. You inherited a 2-14 and team. Garoppolo got injured in 2018. We know what happened last year with the injuries. It seems like this year everyone's like, okay, enough of the extenuating circumstances. This should at least be a playoff team, whether it's media, fans, just not the same level of patience. Do you understand that? And do you feel like – you have all fallen short of expectations, obviously you have so far, but I guess do you understand the disappointment and maybe like, okay, enough excuses, not that you've made excuses, but I think you know what I'm saying, and and I don't know who asked that, it seems like an Eric Branch type of question, shout out to Eric Branch, I love that guy, um, but it was a very good question, and the fact that it it kept the wording in a way where it was very level-headed, very understandable, kind of just let Kyle Shanahan to know exactly what he was asking. Kyle Shanahan basically said, like, yeah, we understand it. And we know we're not playing good enough. And this is not what we plan to be doing. It, 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 there really were no excuses coming from Kyle. But at the same time, there, were really, there really weren't any answers coming from him either. So it just... It kind of just lends itself more to this just overall lack of a grasp on what the hell is going on right now, and and maybe he doesn't know, and that's perfectly fine. I, I would never assume that Kyle Shanahan would have to go about his career and never struggle. That's uh, I am not on on this slowly picking up steam train of Kyle Shanahan being on the hot seat, getting rid of Kyle Shanahan. That is not where I am, but you do kind of hope to hear answers from a coach in which it kind of lends to them having at least a solid idea of what they're going to need to tweak or where they need to focus. And I haven't really heard anything like that from Kyle Shanahan. And if anything, some of it has come off like a little tone deaf, like, Kyle Shanahan was asked, you know, like Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't played well. You've lost basically three, you know, three, he's three last three starts they've lost. Uh, so why does he give you the best chance to win? And Kyle's answer was basically, well, they're not all the losses aren't all on him. And if you're looking at it that way, then everybody's lost the last four games or everybody's lost their last three starts. So everybody should look bad together. And I get it, but I also get what the question's trying to say. And And, in the reality from just watching the game, you know that what we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo has not been good enough. It just hasn't for a guy making $26 million and was put into that position for his experience and his grasp of the offense and what you would assume is an ability to take care of the ball and make good decisions. He just hasn't done that. So I don't know why Kyle Shanahan is so – abrasive to the idea that the player that he traded three first round picks to get should or could start I believe it was the my buddy Chris Biederman uh, of the Sacramento Bee who mentioned kind of mentioned the same thing like why is Kyle Shanahan why is Kyle Shanahan Seems so weird about starting a guy that he traded the farm to get. Obviously, the reason you make a trade like that is because Jimmy Garoppolo is not good enough, whether it's now in the future, it doesn't really matter. They've already admitted that to themselves. And so why be so stubborn about the idea that Trey Lance could or should start? It's it, Anyways, I'm starting to kind of ramble a little bit further along on that, but it does seem to be the issue that Kyle Shanahan is the most stubborn about. Especially after, like he said, coming off Jimmy Garoppolo's worst game he's had as a forty nine er, it just seems a little weird. Now, again, we got to see how Trey recovers from this knee sprain. If he can give it back out there, that said, Kyle Shannon also said, "I, I don't think they're not going to split rets. It's it's not an open competition. So when Trey Lance gets back, he's the backup. So it, I don't know. It's it's just there's just so much to take in and so much back and forth." Uh, it, it's just odd. It's odd. One thing I should uh, cover before we go any further, before we go any further, um, Kyle Shanahan, when he opened the press conference, uh, offered a update on the, the players that were injured in the 49ers game against the Colts. Nothing too bad. Uh, I guess Jaquisky Tart, safety Jaquisky Tart would leave that pack. Um, he's going to miss a few weeks with a knee bruise, which, as we've seen from Tart's career, it seems like he's always battling missing time, uh, which is unfortunate. Unfortunate because he's a good player when he's on the field. Uh, cornerback Emmanuel Moseley, uh injured his back on a play where it was so frustrating. He tackled the Michael Pittman short of the sticks, and then Aziz Alshire, linebacker who's actually been playing pretty well, flew up from obviously the you know coming from like the line of scrimmage where a linebacker plays and tackled Michael Pittman back into Emmanuel Mosley's direction and across the line to gain, giving them the first down on third down. Emmanuel Mosley had Michael Pittman stop short of the sticks, and here comes Aziz Al-Shire flying in to assist with the tackle, only to knock him in front of the line to gain, give them the first down, and injure Emmanuel Mosley at the same time. It was just a, a perfect summary of that game. But Emmanuel Mosley is supposed to be okay. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said he's doing well today, so I, 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 that seems like um, you know that seems like a, a, an endorsement. Didn't get any more specific than that. Uh, defensive end D Ford and the aforementioned Aziz Alshire uh, are both in concussion protocol, so hopefully that's not not something too major. So I needed to get that. I like to get the injury stuff out of the way. That way, there's context context of kind of just the way everything went. Um, now kind of like my just general thoughts that I've been pondering, you know, after reading all this stuff and, and just going through the game, I do really, really like to get on here right after the game. I wish it wasn't a Sunday night game. I'll make sure that throughout the rest of the season, as long as it's, if it's in a morning game or an afternoon game, I'm on here right after because it's just everything's so much more fresh in my mind and it's a little bit harder to talk to talk about the game right now when, You know, it it didn't just happen. It didn't just happen. But let let me just roll through my notes here. Now, like I said, I do feel like I need to talk a little bit. I don't think Kyle Shanahan is on the hot seat. I don't think that if the 49ers continue to struggle this season, that he could be fired. I don't even think he's close. I don't even think if the 49ers struggled next year, Kyle Shanahan would get fired because... Uh, we'll see how this the rest of the season goes, but it would at this moment be Trey Lance's first year with the team. So are you going to let a rookie quarterback and his struggles derail the entire organization? I don't know. I don't think Kyle Shanahan is anywhere close to his the end of his tenure with the 49ers. And I do expect a guy that is that intelligent to find a way to ride right the ship. I do. Um, now at the same time, I want to pause myself because he, he, Kyle Shanahan does have an element of stubbornness. He does have an ego. Sometimes it seems like it's hard for him to see the, not a bigger picture. Maybe it seems hard for him to see what everybody else sees sometimes. And I'm sure there's times where what everybody else sees is wrong. Period. I also think that there's times where Kyle Shanahan believes he's the smartest guy in the room and there's not a any way that anybody else could, especially media or fans or whatever, could know something that he doesn't. And that, I think, is not always the case. So I don't think Kyle Shanahan's in the hot seat, but it's very clear that there is a problem within this team right now. I don't know what it is. Uh, If I did, I'd probably go walking in there and say, hey, just give me five minutes in your office. I know what the problem is, but I don't. It just seems very person, personal, and personnel oriented. It doesn't. It does seem like scheme. I, I feel like forty. Uh, Kyle Shanahan isn't in his bag as much as he usually is. Uh, even he has admitted to being out of a rhythm, and he's just had a problem problems calling plays, and and that could very well have to do with defenses kind of becoming more accustomed to what Kyle Shanahan likes to do but it also just has a it has an aura of just people being managed incorrectly being managed maybe if it's not incorrectly it would you could go with like a less than ideal type tag there just seems to be something bubbling under the surface if you will like you know, I just think about Trey Sermon, the, the running back that they traded, gave up two fourth round picks to turn into a third pick and select, third round pick and select. Uh Brandon Ayuk, their former first round pick from two years ago getting no action. Trey Sermon getting no action. Uh, you know, not realizing that Javon Kinlaw's knee issues, if these if his knee issues do stem from the knee issues that we knew about in college. Not realizing how severe those could be, you know, hearing some of the more recent comments about the DeForest Buckner trade, which we'll get into a little bit later, Uh, you know, trying to, I know there's more, you know, the, the Jimmy Garoppolo versus Trey Lance thing. And there just seems to be all these little tiny things happening where it just feels like someone's out of touch with how people work. And, and it's very easy for me to say that, and, and I could be completely ignorant. But there just seems to be this general feel of discontent that I've never picked up on before with this team. And losing can do that. Losing can spoil everything. Losing can take a great locker room and, and turn it against itself. But at the same time, like I said before, the 49ers did a lot of losing over those first two years, and they always kept it together in that locker room because there was hope there was there was a positivity. There was a clear way ahead, a goal that the team was striving for, and you could feel that even when they were losing, they were getting there, they were moving, they were they were making small strides, and and I don't get that from this team, and maybe that comes with the territory of underperforming, you know, and the fact that that just leaves everybody with a bitter taste in their mouth, but there just seems to be a general. You know, just a lack of tact, a lack of relationship building. I'm, I'm really struggling with my words here, but I'm sure you can understand what I'm getting at. There just seems to be a general level of frustration that goes beyond just the losses. And this is the stuff that Kyle Shanahan is going to have to tiptoe his way around because one of the biggest responsibilities of a head coach is managing people, managing personalities figuring out what makes your players tick and tailoring yourself to them as much as you can. That doesn't mean you're you're a different person to everybody. It just means that you understand that everybody's different and that we have seen maybe one of Kyle Shanahan's weaker areas. It also might not be because you hear both sides of the coin. You've heard about the players that he struggled to maintain a relationship with. You've heard about, you know, players that, that love him. So who knows where that really lies? But I can tell you that Kyle Shanahan, to me, the issue seems less about what's happening on the field and more about the way things are being handled off the field and that type of that type of uh just disorganization is finding its way onto the field. Now, this is not me saying that the 49ers don't have a problem on the field. Absolutely. They do. We see it all the time. It's, it's bad. The 49ers are not a good football team right now, but I feel I just get the sense that it's coming from somewhere else. Kyle Shanahan didn't all of a sudden forget how to call plays. Now, can he struggle? Of course said that earlier, but it just feels deeper than that. And and I'm not doing a great job of explaining this to you, but that's where I am. And that's what I'm feeling. And given I don't have a co-host right now, All I'm doing on here is talking with you guys and and giving you my feelings. So that's where I am with Kyle, his position in the team and the problems that he has to fix because they seem a little more in depth. Now, I already kind of went into the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. I just don't think at this point with what we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo and shout out to Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area, who is one of the least if not the least biased reporter within the 49ers building or or i say within 49ers building because he goes there to do his job um the least biased beat writer we know he's so unbiased it's ridiculous sometimes but he wrote a great article today about the conundrum of placing all of your chips in Jimmy Garoppolo's basket and not going with the rookie that you just traded a ton to draft. And, you know, the little tagline on his article says if 49ers wait until Trey Lance is fully ready, it might be too late or it will be too late. And I I recommend you check out Matt Mayoko's. I mean, he works, like I said, he works for NBC sports Bay area, 49ers coverage, um, Everybody knows who Matt Mayoko is. If you follow the 49ers, you know who Matt Mayoko is. But get on there and check out that article because he summed up my thoughts perfectly. And it basically was just the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing good enough to, to hold on to that starting spot. And the 49ers should go with Trey Lance because, one, there's a chance that right now he could play better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And, two, you're allowing him to build up that experience going into 2022 where he will be given the reins to the team anyways. So at this point, just let allowing Trey Lance to sit behind a struggling quarterback will not only frustrate the rest of the team. If that Jimmy Garoppolo's starting status just remains unquestioned, but it also is going to damage Trey Lance's development And these are valuable snaps. He could get a half a season's worth of playing time, you know, eight or nine games, if Kyle Shanahan were just to go with the guy that he drafted. And again, it's not crazy to say that when they traded so much to get him. We already know Kyle Shanahan really wanted him. We already know they thought he either was already or will be way better than Jimmy Garoppolo. But... Jimmy Garoppolo's playing like shit. So what you have no excuse to wait. It, it just it I don't know. It just doesn't add up to me. The fact that Garoppolo's status is as maybe it's not. Maybe Kyle Shanahan's just playing his cards close to the chest. But it just doesn't add up to me that Kyle Shanahan is so adamant that Jimmy Garoppolo start when he's already let everybody know what he thinks of Garoppolo. Just by making the trade, by moving on, it's just, you know, we all know that this is going to be Trey Lance's team. We all know that. He's already told us that. So stop acting like the idea that Trey Lance needs to start is weird, especially when Jimmy Garoppolo's playing like shit. If Jimmy Garoppolo was playing well, this would be a different conversation, but he's not. So, We'll see how he does on an away game against a respectable Chicago Bears defense. We'll leave it. We'll we'll, we'll stay there. So I don't want to. I don't want to ra- ramble ramble on too much about Jim Garoppolo and Trey Lance. I probably already have too much. Um, but hey, before we go on any further, let's get a quick word in from our main sponsors here at Striking and Gold, and that is TickPick. 49ers football is back. It may not be exactly what we want it to be, but it's still football, and we all know what life is like without football. There's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the Internet to find 49ers tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only way you'll ever need it as to your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. If you don't believe it and you can find a better price for the same seats on another site, Tick Pick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. 49ers football. Look, I don't know if y'all went to that Colts game, but it was a torrential downpour. And so maybe that wasn't the 49ers game that you just, Wanted to go to, and I could would completely understand that. But the 49ers have another a pair of exciting home games coming up. Week 9, we've got the Arizona Cardinals. Week 10, we've got the Los Angeles Rams. If the 49ers are going to right the ship, it's going to happen on those two games. So take yourself over to TickPick.com slash gold to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. We got the Cardinals coming up. We got the Rams coming up. Big NFC matchups. Get over to tickpick.com slash gold and get yourself some 40.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: You know, just to break this, let's break this up. I wasn't even planning on doing this, but just to avoid. It's tough to be positive about a team right now. It's really tough to be positive about a team that's playing the way the 49ers are playing. um, That's underperforming to the extent the 49ers are. But let's get into some positives. Elijah freaking Mitchell. This was tough. This was tough. Elijah Mitchell had like 80 yards within the first quarter. And he only finished with 107 total. Elijah Mitchell, rookie running back, had 18 carries for 107 yards and one touchdown. I don't know if I put this on my Twitter. Yeah, I did. So Darius Leonard, the Colts stud starting linebacker, said they did a great job, especially on the first drive, of misdirection runs and putting us in bad positions to make plays. I was glad they kind of went away from that. Like, when your opposition is saying shit like that, then you know you did them a massive favor because from the start, it looked like the run game was just going to destroy a respectable Colts run defense. And Elijah Mitchell just looked great right out of the gate and was essentially, I mean, not the, the entire reason the 49ers scored that first touchdown, but he looked really, really good. And for some reason, the 49ers seemed to veer away from the run um elijah mitchell was basically the team's starting running back brandon Ayuk had one carry Jamichael hasty had three for one yard and jimmy garoppolo had two for zero yards so that just means they weren't sacked he reached the line line of scrimmage elijah mitchell was the 49ers run game i don't know why the 49ers got away from it but shout out to him for being the damn guy and he looked good he looked good very good, especially on a rainy day on a slippery field. He looks solid. And of course, like we've come to expect, Debo Samuel catching seven passes on 11 targets for 100 yards and a touchdown. Huge game for him. Um, he's just been a, a monster. I believe he's a top five wide receiver in fantasy right now, maybe top six or seven at the absolute latest. So he's been a big deal. Unfortunately, Debo also added a fumble to that. That. Um, to that stat line and I'd have to go back and look at it, but I thought Jimmy Garoppolo hit Debo Samuel in the chest and the ball was popped up and then intercepted, but maybe the DB got his hands in there. I I didn't see that. I didn't see a replay of that. So solid game from Debo Samuel, but not without mistakes. Um, Josh Norman as, as, As hard as it was for him to cover, along with the rest of the 40-danners DBs, we'll talk about that later. He did finish the game with 10 total tackles, leading the team, three tackles for loss, one pass breakup, and two forced fumbles, which is nuts. That is a monster game from Josh Norman. So, and he's one, I believe it was his one-pass interference. He may have had more. Um, was relatively towards the beginning of the game. So he rebounded. If that was the case, he did rebound in, in a big way. Fred Warner, of course, nine tackles, two tackles for loss, one fumble recovery. Uh, Aziz Shire, who uh, I was giving him shit a little bit earlier, but he stepped up in Quan Alexander's place and has been really good. He he basically mirrored Fred Warner's game uh, with one last tackle for loss, and he's been solid. So just a few standouts. Uh, I'm trying to see if there are any else. That I've missed, but I really haven't. Uh, I, I would give one more shout out to uh, Kyle Juszczyk. They were the, the broadcast was actually running highlights of Kyle Juszczyk's uh, uh, blocks throughout the first half, I believe. And so when you're a fullback that's receiving the highlight treatment on primetime television, then you know you're doing your fucking thing. And Kyle Juszczyk is the best fullback in the game. And it's been years since I've questioned his value and, and what the 49ers are paying him because it, to me, it just doesn't matter. He is such an integral part of that uh, offense that it's just, it's awesome, awesome, awesome to see him work. Um, all right, so let's keep going. Let's get back on track to what I was, what I was going to talk about. Um, the Brandon Ayuk thing, you know, and, and with this general, with this general uneasiness with what seems like, maybe strained relationships within the 49ers, I started to lose trust that they were, that the 49ers coaching staff and maybe the front office, if they have anything to do with it, I started to lose confidence that they were making the right decision when it came to Brandon Ayuk. Now, he's on the field, but he's just not getting targets. Uh, I mean, you go to the, the game against the Colts, Brandon Ayuk had one target and one catch for six yards. That's it. For contrast, Debo Samuel had 11 targets. And I just don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But, I mean, even the 49ers quarterbacks aren't throwing him the ball. So has he done enough behind the scenes to even piss off the 49ers quarterbacks? Or has he just been left, completely left out of game plans to the point where that's the reason he's not getting targets. So I, to me, though, with some of the stuff I've seen and just some of the odd behavior and some of the odd results within this, uh, these last four losses and just some of the weird things that have gone on, do I even have enough faith in the 49ers coaching staff that they made the right decision with Brandon Ayuk and the reason he's getting no burn whatsoever is because of his own fault or is that just more of the 49ers coaching staff struggling to do what they need to do as coaches and as people it's tough for me to know but then you go out and you watch brandon Ayuk muff a punt return and that's a little bit difficult to just completely bash him on based on the conditions but I mean, he muffed it, dropped it, kicked it into the end zone, and just got lucky that that there's kind of a a loophole to that being a touchback instead of a, a safety. So the thing with the, the the big thing with Brandon Ayuk is I'm just starting to question whether or not I believe what I mean. Even John Lynch has said that Brandon Ayuk needs to take that next step. Does he? Or are you guys just struggling to 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 connect with him or or misunderstanding? I, I don't know. I, I'm I have no information to back any of this up, but just the way this season is, is unfolding, it's hard for me to be completely sure that the 49ers coaches and coaching staff aren't part of that problem. That's basically what I'm getting at. The four <laughs> The 49ers Defensive backs were embarrassing against the Colts. Essentially, what the Colts started doing was, we know that it's tough to catch a football in the rain. It's tough to get yards in the rain. So let's just dial up go routes all evening. We'll throw it deep. And the 49ers defensive backs that are depleted and either depleted or not great, will commit pass interference, and the 49ers DBs did it all night. I believe there were four accepted pass interference penalties for almost a 100 yards, and two of those didn't get accepted because on one, Michael Pittman caught the pass over Josh Norman, and on the other, Michael Pittman caught the pass over Drake Kirkpatrick, Patrick him. Drake or Patrick probably one of the most embarrassing plays of his career. Essentially walks up, runs up to Michael Pittman in a in a game hanging in the balance situation, doesn't leave his feet at all and just runs into Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman catches the ball, Drake or Patrick falls down and Michael Pittman runs into the end zone to essentially seal the game. And that was also flagged as pass interference, but They didn't accept it because Pittman caught the ball, knocked or Patrick over, and ran into the end zone. So the the pass interferences were even worse than the stats would show you. And it was just horrible. And the thing with me is I have no sympathy for the 49ers' struggles at defensive back. They went into the season thinking that Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley were your number two. One and number two, and there was nothing wrong with that. And of course, you know, as hard as it is for me to say, given how much I wanted to see Jason Brett succeed, he suffered a season injury injury right out the gate, which is what his career has essentially been defined by. And Emmanuel Mosley was hurt. Uh, but even still, if he were healthy, he hasn't proven himself to be a, you know, a... Um, I wouldn't say reliable. I would say he's reliable, but he's just not a great starting corner. And that's why you've got Josh Norman out there. That's why you've got Trey Kirkpatrick out there.
2: You ready?
0: Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah.
1: Even Kaywan Williams, who's one of the better slot corners in the NFL, gave up a massive pass interference. And that one was a little ticky-tack. Not ticky-tack. It was just a shitty situation where the ball was incredibly underthrown. Kaywan Williams was running with the guy, and the guy just put on the brakes and turned around, and Kaywan ran into him. So uh, that one I didn't really get him you know too much for. But, you know, Ambry Thomas, who was inactive for that game, who was a third-round pick, doesn't seem to be getting his legs under him. Uh D'Amador Lenore, who's looked good at times, a fifth round pick. He's seen a lot more action than the third round pick and Amber Thomas. Uh he was also inactive. Drake Patrick got embarrassed. Dante Johnson's been around for a while. And I mean, we know what really to expect when he's on the field, no disrespect, because I I, I can't I can't hate on an eight-year career. That's always going to be impressive. So I don't have any sympathies for the 49ers struggling at defensive back. They kind of set themselves up for this. That said, it didn't make it any less embarrassing what was going on out there. It was gross. Just, I mean, Emmanuel Mosley just running up and hugging the wide receiver as he ran uh, you know, deep into the end zone and tried to catch the ball. And that puts the Colts on the one-yard line. And it, it was just horrible. It was just like they'd never played the position before. It was so odd to watch and it was just so bad it was embarrassing for the 49ers and it was really probably really 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 tough for that defense to watch them collapse based on those types of penalties and it's like fake yardage you know the the Colts aren't making big plays the 49ers are just handing them to him it's like here you go you know it, it, it's really Demico Ryan's you know I think he's done a good job with the 49ers defense, and that had to have just drived, drove and, driven him insane uh, watching that happen. It was bad. It was really, really bad. Uh, a really, really interesting story came out um, after the game where Joe Staley, I believe he was on NBC Sports, said that when he finally decided to retire, he was going to call some of the players in the locker room and let them know that he decided to retire and basically pass the torch and say, hey, it's your guys' locker room now. Well, one of the players that he called was DeForest Buckner. And when he called DeForest Buckner, DeForest Buckner basically said, oh, man, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to hear about your retirement. Sorry to hear about retirement, but uh, I'm not going to be here anymore. I just found out I'm being traded. And Joe Staley said that he went into like back into player mode, obviously, and was like, How could this happen? Like, how could this be? What? Like, I don't get it. And the fact that DeForest Buckner was one of the players that Joe Staley felt he needed to call in order to pass on the leadership torch is a whole new aspect that I maybe hadn't considered strong enough from that DeForest Buckner trade or from losing him Um, because, you know, Staley was the unquestioned leader of that locker room. And for him to basically call DeForest Buckner to pass the torch says what that locker room also thought of DeForest Buckner. And, and again, like I was saying earlier, even when the 49ers were losing games, it still felt like they had their shit together and there was a reason they were losing them, but they still had goals and they still, Kept it together, but maybe DeForest Buckner was one of those players that was a huge part of the reason of keeping it together, and that doesn't necessarily have to do with the absolute rock that he was on the field, but it had to do, might have had to do with the person he was off the field in the locker room, and that was just a really, really crazy way of saying it, um, and and bringing a new view of that trade and, and how much it might have affected this team. And then kind of another way to view it is the 49ers were given the 13th overall pick in exchange for DeForest Buckner. Now, obviously, there's way more that goes into that trade that you all have heard me talk about many times. And, and, you know, not being able, not feeling like they were able to pay DeForest Buckner $22 million a year while also keeping around the likes of George Kittle and Fred Warner and Trent Williams. And that was just one part of it. And they also got the 13th overall pick, the pick that they used to select Javon Kinlaw, who, to me, has only amplified the loss of DeForest Buckner. And I'll tell you why, because I'm going to type it up right now. DeForest Buckner stats. Click this, okay? In 2016, DeForest Buckner played in 15 of 15 games. In 2017... DeForest Buckner played in 16 of 16 games. In 2018, DeForest Buckner played in 16 of 16 games. 12 sacks that year. In 2019, DeForest Buckner played in 16 of 16 games. Along with the additional games that came from a Super Bowl run. In 2020, in Indianapolis, DeForest Buckner played in 14 of 15 games. And this year, he's played in 7 of 7. DeForest Buckner is the absolute epitome and the absolute figurehead of reliability. Whereas Javon Kinlaw has already missed a significant amount of time. And the 49ers are talking about his knee injury like it may be more serious than they're ready to admit. In Javon Kinlaw's rookie season, he played 12 of 14 games. 12 games, essentially, Twelve. well, those are just the games started. He played in 14 games. This year, he's played in four. He's already missed, you know, two and what seems like maybe three or four more. Might even be more. But to me, that, that selecting Javon Kinlaw with the same pick that you got from DeForest Buckner and picking a player that might have... Chronic injury problems for the rest of his career, however long that may be, is a tough pill to swallow. Could it Could it turn itself around? Yes, of course. But the way the 49ers are talking about Javon Kinlaw's knee injury, the way that stems from his status before the draft and how many teams were rumored to have taken him off their draft board based off the, the knee diagnosis. It doesn't look great. It doesn't look great. And, and removing a, a a pillar of a pillar of leadership from the locker room and unbelievable reliability on the field and replacing it with a player that has not been spoken about as a leader. Now he's young whatsoever and it it seems is is going to have trouble staying on the field uh, at least for this season just doesn't look good just doesn't look good if the 49ers could have all that back do you think they would I think they would now that may mean that one other great player that's on the team right now can't be there I'm not gonna I don't know who that would be but or maybe it just means you cut Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. I don't want to go there. I do believe though, if the 49ers could do that over, they would have not traded to Forrest Bucker. If they could have seen how all this is right now, I believe they would have kept him. I do. And the fact that Joe Staley tells that story, the fact that Javon Kinlaw's uh, knee issues are as significant as they are, it it does seem like the 49ers are strongly considering injured reserve for him, which is a minimum of three weeks. It just seems like that did not go how they intended it to go. And maybe you should just keep the players you know that are really, really, really good. Like, all pro, possible Hall of Fame talent. You never know. I mean, it's hard for a defensive lineman to really make that kind of impact. But, he's on another team now. And I, and I feel like the 49ers probably regret that. I do. And then kind of just to wrap this up, one of the, the quotes that really kind of irked me from Debo Samuel, and again, he's a football player. He's got to think this way. You have to believe that you're the shit out there and that you're capable of more than you're putting on the table. But Debo Samuel said, we're way better than our record is showing. And I just, the moment I heard him say that, I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. In fact, you might be worse. If you went back and played the Lions right now, maybe you still win. If you went back and played the Eagles, would you still win? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they do. I don't think the 49ers are better than their record right now. Can the 49ers turn it around? Yes. But the way the 49ers have lost these games, it's not like they're not an aberration. It's not heartbreaking. It's, not, it's, a, it's more along the lines of embarrassing. There's nothing that's happened where they've been robbed. They haven't lost these games because of injury. They've lost them because they just looked unprepared, unfit, outmatched, clueless, you know, like, what do you mean your record? you're better than your record says? How? You are what your record says. There are definitely times where I felt like the 49ers have been better than their record, especially when, like, Jimmy Garoppolo missed his first season and then he comes back and then they go to the Super Bowl. And that to me was the epitome of the 49ers were this good. They just needed their starting quarterback. They're not that right now. They're not that right now. They're a conundrum that Kyle Shanahan needs to figure out quick before it it fully, fully, fully derails. And just to put one more stamp on, <laughs> I don't want to be this negative, but there's no, first, there's no high first-round pick to look forward to this time. Uh, so the 49ers have, have got to get it together and they've got to figure out what it's going to take to start winning football games. And if that's Stray Lance, then that's Stray Lance. But it doesn't seem like Kyle Shanahan's willing to go down that road too soon. But that's it for me today. I know that these podcasts are not positive. You cannot be positive about a team that's playing like this. did give a little shout-out to players there in the middle, so don't tell me I wasn't positive, at least a little bit. But it, it's just the way the 49ers are right now. It, it, there's, there's very little that you can say about this team um on the positive side of the graph and that's just the way it is so hopefully they can they can write the ship hopefully they can give us something great to talk about because uh i do believe that this is a a good team that's underperforming but uh, again i'm not i'm not saying that they're better than their record because when they've the, the product they've put on the field looks like a two and four team. so until they figure out those problems then they are what they are they are what they are for sure but um, as always that negativity doesn't extend to you guys listening to and gold. I really appreciate it. Thank you for, uh, for making this podcast, what it is. Thank you for sticking with me. Um, I appreciate y'all y'all know. I love you. Make sure you guys are, uh, rating, reviewing, subscribing, uh, downloading, commenting, spreading, whatever you got to do. To, uh, to help support this podcast uh, it is greatly appreciated uh, remember brought to you by TickPick get on there and check out it, uh, uh, 49ers tickets if you want to go to one of those two games coming up, they look like they're hopefully uh, going to be good games, we'll see Cardinals still 7-0 the only undefeated team, that's crazy alright guys, I appreciate you thank you for listening I'm Rob, this is Striking Gold and we are signing up